0: Now, here is the top news stories of the day with Larry Hardesty. Well, everything is about the draft. The draft, which takes place tomorrow right here on 98.7 ESPN. Of course, tomorrow night, uh, Mike Tannenbaum and Bart Scott will anchor our coverage. Tomorrow morning, remember, 7.15, Saquon Barkley on Golik and Wingo and Chase Young at 9.45. But we're talking about Isaiah Simmons. He was on first take and he says, I'd love to play for Big Blue. Personally I feel like I would be a great fit anywhere just for the fact that um my versus, with my versatility I can fit into any defensive scheme no matter what it is and um you know when also I feel like I'd be a great fit anywhere because when getting me um it's like getting three players in one. The aforementioned Mike Tannenbaum was on the Michael K show and he talks about are the Giants really interested in Isaiah Simmons or are they going O line? Going back and forth about Isaiah Simmons. So we had Bard on yesterday. He says
1: uh, he kind of intimated, more than intimated, that his versatility will play against him. Isaiah Simmons saying today, I think it plays for me. So as a guy who was a GM, does it play against him or does it play
2: for him? Oh, I think it definitely plays for him. And been around a number of really good defensive coaches: Parcells, Belichick, Mangini, Rex. And when they can have a game plan specific defensive player like Isaiah. Simmons, it really puts a lot of pressure on because you don't know where he's going to be each week. And to the extent that Debo Samuel and Tyreek Hill are somewhat of this new age positionless offensive players, I say Simmons truly has a chance to be the first positionless defense
3: player. And do you think that would be a good pick for the Giants at four?
2: I would take Simmons because I just think he's, the fact that he could walk out outside the numbers and carry a frontline receiver or running back, 40, 50 yards down the field is so rare. With that said, I really understand the value of, of a left tackle that can make Daniel Jones and Barkley. I just think Simmons would be too hard to pass up.
0: Uh, Gordon, you know they're going to pass up Isaiah Simmons and take the old lineman, right?
1: <laughs> I, they, I, I would be stunned if they didn't. I was looking at some of the betting odds uh, on, on FanDuel today just mm-hmm. to kind of get back in that, uh, that mode because I've not been able to be in that mode for a while. Yep. And uh, it's been, I think it was, uh, was it minus 300 that wow. uh, the Giants take an offensive lineman? I'm pretty sure. Maybe it was minus 400. I mean, it was like overwhelming. Mm-hmm. If you bet uh, uh, that they take Isaiah Simmons, it was like plus 500. Oh. That so, means you're not making any money. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, if you if you bet Isaiah Simmons, you, you're going to make a ton of money.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: But, yeah, on the offensive lineman, I could pull it up for you if you want. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I can't find it right now.
0: All right, Here well, we'll come oh, back. Oh, yeah,
1: Giants. Oh, yes. All right, yeah, Giants, um, first player picked. Yeah, offensive lineman, minus 400, linebacker, plus 400, defensive lineman, plus
0: 1,400.
1: Ooh. Cornerback, Go D plus Lyman.
0: 1,500. Go D lineman. Justin Herbert.
1: You want to take Justin Herbert with their first pick? Plus
0: 3,400. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you you could go anywhere you want to when kicker, you kicker punter going places is a again. plus
1: ten thousand. You should get a billion dollars if they take a kicker or a punter <laughs> exactly. at four and you bet on. You had the 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 cojones to bet on it. You deserve to become Mister Fanduel.
0: You do. You absolutely do. You should
1: own the company.
0: And you would probably put them out of business <laughs> with, with that <laughs> one bet. Trey Wingo was on the Michael Kay's show and he was asked, "How far will Tua drop?"
3: What does your gut tell you where Tua goes?
2: It feels like Miami is not sold on Tua. And they did this once before they had uh, they had their chance to clear Drew Brees medically in 2006 and they passed on his shoulder and they took Dante Culpepper, which was the safer option. And we all know how that worked out for Culpepper and for Drew Brees. So I can't see Tua sliding out of the top 10 in any way, shape or form.
0: All right. Now, of course, on the eve of the 2020 draft, Gordon mentioned it earlier. Dolphins are trying to make a first round trade with Detroit to get an offensive lineman at number three. Gordon has no comment on that now. He's just, he's just.
1: No, I, I don't want, I don't want to, I don't want to think about it. It's too depressing. <laughs> we got enough depressing stuff, Larry. I don't need this to be. This is supposed to be my entertainment.
0: Well, you'll be entertained. Oh, you'll be entertained. <laughs> David Falk was over with Barton Hahn earlier today and he talked about, cause, you know, he was, uh, obviously Michael Jordan's agent. He was also Patrick Ewing agent and he talked about Ewing's contract.
2: I signed Patrick in 1985 alone. I, you know, I did the contract and he got 55% more than the highest-paid veteran in the history of the league and 300% more than the highest-paid work in the history of the league. And I introduced the early termination because I was convinced that over a period of 10 years, the contract would never stand up. He would, it would it would become out of date, and, his, and it wouldn't be fair market value for what he represented. So he had it out after a six-year. We exercised it. The league challenged it. We had no arbitration, and we lost the arbitration. Incredible! We should never have lost the arbitration. It was a ridiculous decision. But the league maneuvered Larry Bird's contract. He needed a four players pass him, three passed him, Bird was the fourth, and the league engineered Bird's contract so it was six billion dollars for one year. So the salary was two point eight, and salary bonus was three point two, and they argued that he wasn't the fourth guy and won. But the Knicks knew Dave Check and Pat Riley, really smart guys. They knew that you, you, you won on paper, but you really didn't win if you have a disgruntled player. Mm-hmm. And they, redid. they gave him a two year extension of 12.2 per year. Per year. That
0: was a good deal. Now, if only David Falk could have found them somebody else to go alongside Patrick Ewing to add some depth to that team, and maybe Patrick would have won a couple of more titles or some titles. A title. A title, but well, it would have been nice. It would have been nice. Did you know, Gordon, that Jordan Michael Jordan was almost a Nick? Listen to Davis Falk.
2: No, it, it was Sam Smith wrote. It. You can ask Sam Smith why he wrote it. He never asked me about it. We never talked about it. Um, and so, um, you know, we had discussions. We had discussions with some teams, which is called doing due diligence. But Michael never, never would have left Chicago.
0: And that was that era of player, Gordon. That's the difference between a lot of them and this era of player. Um, I don't know whether they felt that they didn't have the leverage to move around or whatever, but the bottom line was Michael Jordan wanted to stay with the team until he could get past Detroit. And Detroit wanted to stay with that team until they could get past Boston, and so on and so forth. It's just the Rick Flair line: to be the man, you got to beat the man. And players really stayed with their teams for the most part. There are exceptions, and they just ballied together, battled together until they could find a way to overcome that champion.
1: Well, look, Michael. I mean, what do we know about Michael Jordan outside of the athleticism and the ability? He, I mean, what set him apart was his mentality, was his killer instinct. And it would go against every part of his killer instinct to think that he would say, "Well, you know what? I didn't get it done here. Let me go someplace it's easier." I mean, it, it goes against every fiber of what he's about.
0: Yep, no question about it. Finally, Rob Gronkowski was asked, "Did Tom Brady talk him out of retirement?"
3: We actually got together about two months ago, and uh, he, we we rarely talked about what his decision was going to be, what where I'm at. Uh, but we did talk about uh, for one second, I told him that uh, I we talked just real quick, like, hey, like, uh, you know, it's kind of kind of getting that fire underneath me again. I told him and I said, I said, uh, I said uh, I'm definitely interested in, in your decision that you make. I mean, I didn't put any pressure on him. I said, but there's a the right opportunity uh, out there and and you you go somewhere the opportunity is right uh even if you go back to the patriots and i feel like the opportunity is right uh there's a there's a possible chance that uh i will definitely love to reconnect uh and that's where the conversation started a little bit uh and he was all fired up and juiced up about it <laughs> so uh that was something uh pretty cool at the moment and
0: so that's the whole deal. Sounds like he needed some time away from football, Gordon, and now he's ready to come back with his guy. And I tell you, if they can find a way to to work themselves in, they could make some noise with Tampa Bay. Don't know how far they go, but they can make some noise offensively.
1: Self-depressed, right? Like he's the last guy that's still stuck in New England. He's he's watching his buddy and, and his pal go off and, and live their best lives down in Tampa. They're on the back page of the paper. They're here. They're there. And he's stuck, stuck in New England where it seems like everybody is, uh, is, is miserable with the, the coach who makes everybody miserable.
0: Yep. There's no question about that. And, uh, by the way, the, the, uh, WWE indicated that, uh, he's going to have to wrestle for his, uh, give up his, uh, belt.
1: Oh, that's he right. He back. still has the, what, what is it? Like the 24
0: 24- seven champion.
1: I thought it was like he was only the champion for 24 <laughs>
0: seven. No. Nope, he's got to give it up.
1: That, huh? the, the title yeah. reign is longer than 24 hours.
0: That's right. I don't know
1: all these newfangled rules, Larry.
0: I hear you. I hear you. But that's why I'm here to help you out, Gordon.
1: All right, good. <laughs>